Welcome to Living Simply, a guide to mindful living and mindful parenting with your host, Dr. Gina. Hey everybody, welcome back to Living Simply with Dr. Gina. Dr. Gina, how are you on this beautiful day? I'm super good. And how about you, Ben? Wonderful. Thanks. Uh, I hope that you are getting a good amount of work-life balance these days. Um, And that is a horrible segue into what we're talking (laughs) about today, which is, in fact, work-life balance. Yes. Uh, Is is there such a thing, Ben? Is there such a thing? Can you answer the question straight away? (laughs) Well, if you take it literally, meaning... 50-50, 30-30-30, no, (laughs) I don't think we can find a balance. But if we expand the definition to are you balancing out what matters most to you and setting your priorities and your actions accordingly, I think it is possible. That makes sense. Um, So how do we do that? How do we set our balances and... um, you know, how do we set the metrics that we use to determine whether or not uh, we have balance? So I'm, I'm going to sound like a broken record. <laughs> if people listen to all the episodes, it always comes back to first looking at all the spheres of your lives, right? So like work, education, family, leisure, spirituality, etc. So looking at all your life domains and determining what's important for you in each of them. So some might not apply and prioritizing. um, So example, if you're early on in your career, work could be a lot more important than leisure or than family. Um, So prioritizing versus just existing unconsciously and going through the motion is the first step and determining what really matters in all these areas. I'd say that's a first, first step we should all take. Right. And, and you know, what you're going to prioritize is different than what I'm going to prioritize and vice versa. Um, Yeah. And, and even at different cycles of your life, right? Right. Your priorities at 20 are different at 30, 40. Because you have a you have a completely different mindset at thirty and forty and fifty and twenty and you know, um, so how how does that work with your, you know, is that something that you have to keep in mind? I think if you want to live a life uh, with minimal stress, so some stress is inevitable, but if you want to live a life where you're happier, content minimal stress, no overwhelm, you really need to make conscious choices every day. And the way you do that is getting clear on what kind of life you want, but also realizing it's all fine that you prioritize, but we need to live with the reality that hasn't changed for millions of years that we have 24 hours in a day, seven hours, uh, seven days a week. Uh, We have to eat and sleep. Uh, we have to take care of ourselves first and foremost, 
And then what's left over is what we should prioritize. And one of the reasons people are, people are so stressed is they think they, they can do everything, that they can do it all. Well, it's kind of scary to, to choose, right? So when you, when you set your priorities, you have to choose something over something else. And then that can create um, a lot of fear, you know? So there's like, do I want to spend more time uh, focusing on my family and, and miss something at work um, or miss an opportunity? Or do I want to focus on my work and then miss the time that I, that I could have at home um, or, you know, spending or like finding a mate or spending time with my kids or having kids or, you know, um, yeah. the, the fear of always missing something um, on yeah. one side of it. How do you deal with that? <laughs> well, the basically the fear of missing out, right? Um, oh yeah, FOMO. FOMO, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so, so the first thing we're was looking at um, life domains, right? Education, work, family, but then you got to dive deeper and and clarify your values, and there are hundreds of values. So, and you want to basically choose three to five values you want to live by. And that will dictate your behavior. So example, if whatever I do, my value is to be fully involved in it and not do a half-ass job, (laughs) Um, then I'll want to be present at work as much as I want to be present with my spouse, as much as I want to be present with my kids. So if presence and working to my full potential is a value, I need to assess how, what does it look like in parenting? So in parenting, obviously it's spending time with your kids and quality time, not watching TV or on your screen all day. And same at work is uh, depending if you want to take care of your family and do a good job. Well, maybe you might delay getting the promotion that requires you to be on call all the time and working 12, 14 hour days and delaying that promotion so that you could also be with your kids. So instead of looking at what am I going to miss out, which underneath all that is fear, is how do I want to show up in the world? What do I value? What kind of person do I want to be at work with my kids? Because usually our values will cross over all domains. And then it makes it easier to make a choice and accepting that we can't do it all. So postponing certain things, knowing we can get to it later, and, and then choosing the same way we need to teach our kids they, they can't have everything is just part of life. I couldn't agree more. What about the judgment? Um, so the, you know, I don't, I think it's inevitable when you're having this conversation and especially the conversation that we, we just had about work and work-life balance and stuff is, um, just in society, Mm -hmm. uh, at least I'm sure, you know, obviously we live in different countries, but, um, I, so I don't know how prevalent it is in Canada versus the United States. I believe it's extremely similar is um, there is very little judgment if 
I wanted to have three kids and also spend 80 hours a week working um, compared to a female counterpart. Um, Yeah, there is a bias. (laughs) Yeah, there's a huge bias. And so how do you, you know, like the work-life balance argument is something that guys don't even really get that they never get asked about it <laughs> they never you know they get rewarded for being workaholics um they hardly ever get asked about their children or their their home life or whatever um you know there's a but there's so much judgment coming at it from the the female perspective um what level does that play in all of this and um is there any way to deal with that because uh, I, I mean, I wish it, I wish it would go away completely, but I don't. I don't know how realistic that is at the moment. You know, you can't change everyone's opinions and minds. Yeah, um, it's funny you bring this up because yesterday, one of my clients said exactly what you said. She's the so she's the breadwin like so she earns more money than her husband so they both work but she works more hours more responsibilities um so she's works high up in the government and she says when people come in my office they see the picture of my three kids i get asked how do you do it how do you do all this how do you manage it um her husband never gets asked that question Right. And so there's an impact at work where women who have the same job as men almost have to produce more to prove themselves because of the bias. We, we can't pretend it's not there. Right. But we see it also in the household. So I work with a lot of women who are breadwinners as much as their husbands. So managers, engineers. And yet they're still doing more inside the house. And they're the go-to for the kids. So right. I see a complaint on that end as well. Or dad's saying, oh, you can go out and I'll babysit. And the women get like, you're not babysitting. <laughs> it's your child. You, you'll never hear a mom go, oh, while you're out with the boys, I'll babysit. We're, we're not babysitters. We're parenting children. So how do we change that? Well, it's one family at a time, and we're seeing now a change. So women standing up for their white rights, but also women sticking together and having each other's backs, and men sticking up for women. So we see that in famous people in the U.S. that do stand up for women like Obama, uh, Stephen Colbert. I hear him speak about his, his wife and girls. So if men, more men will stand behind women, they are also a big influence on this change, not just women. It has to be a global change, right? Right. Um. Yeah, I thought that that was just an important uh, part to, you know, before before we go further with it, I guess, like just the, um, the every, double standard. Yeah, everybody deals with a work-life balance uh, issue 
and situation and everybody has to find the balance that's right for them. But um, it is generally, and uh, you know, these are broad terms, but it's generally speaking uh, a lot more difficult and there's a lot more pressure on women than there is on men to, to find it, to identify it, to defend it, Um, Mm -hmm. which is ridiculous, but yeah. uh, How important is being flexible in all of this? Yeah, so flexibility to find work-life balance. Flexibility in life overall is important, but with work-life balance, what I was saying earlier is you need to have a long-term vision and know that some dreams or goals need to be postponed, but not forever. So be flexible. Same thing with uh, if you have little children, uh, you're going to have to tweak your work-life balance, meaning your self-care might just end up happening after all the kids are in bed. (laughs) Even if before you had kids, your self-care was between six and eight. Um, If you're too rigid and it has to stay that way, you're going to get stressed because kids can be demanding and unpredictable. And there are things we need to be the grown-up and step up. And they can't change yet just because of developmental issues. So the flexibility that way, flexibility, our values, um, our choices might change in the work-life balance if a partner gets ill or a child, um, a parent gets ill. It, it shifts our priorities. And if we don't accept and we resist that, we'll be more stressed. And then we have to readjust how we find that balance. So always keeping your priorities the same, but you might tweak how and when and the proportion of that time required is. I once heard um, that balance in, in, in work and life uh, so finding balance in your life isn't a scale, it's a pendulum. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you go, you know, there are going to be times when life is going to need to take your attention. And then there's going to be times when work needs to take your attention to the other side. And it's just trying to figure out where you are in that pendulum and to sort of make sure that because of what you're prioritizing and and your, you know, value system and all of that stuff, if you've been spending a little bit too much time on work or not even too much, I don't want to throw judgment words in it, but if you've been spending a lot of time on work and you need to spend a little bit of time on family, making sure that you carve out that time. And if you've been spending a lot of time with the family, but you, your work needs your attention, you know, it's okay to swing that pendulum back the other way and um, to be flexible. You know, uh, people get sick, um, mm-hmm. projects are due, big, big opportunities come up. Um, all sorts of stuff happens, you know? Um, so, and, and you actually, I think can talk a little bit to that on both ends um, as someone who, you know, you just had a great work opportunity Mm-hmm. And you ended up having to spend a lot of time uh, working. working, right? But yeah. then also, like years back, um, you know, you had the situation where your daughter was ill and you needed to take care of that. Um, and I chose to stop working. Yeah. 
based on basically that, my priorities and my values, I had to make cho difficult choices, intellectually difficult, but in my heart, easy to make. Right. Um, so, yes, I went from working a lot to not working at all. And um, that's where flexibility comes in and adaptability and acceptance, right? Not resisting and just surrendering to what is and doing the best possible with your circumstances. Absolutely. Um, and then, the, so on a, on a happier note, yes. <laughs> though, more recently, uh, you had to spend more time working um, because you had this great opportunity uh, that was presented to you out of nowhere. Um, and that wasn't something that you had in the plans. You didn't plan to spend hours and hours and hours writing, you know, yeah. for the, since the beginning of the year, but you did. <laughs> yeah. And I had to put a bunch of projects on hold. So I had to assess, uh, basically reshuffle my priority and look at my long-term goals, not just short-term goals. And then it became obvious and again, an easy choice. So when, when you make choices based on your values, it's, it doesn't become an um, intellectual process of pros and cons, which doesn't always work. And I think research shows it doesn't work. So if you connect it to your heart and your values, the choices become so much more obvious. Right. And you find balance that way. Especially when you have a philosophy to follow mm -hmm. um, for your own life, how do you create like a like what is a life philosophy for for yourself? How do you establish that? Um, how do you use the values that you've you know written down and and try to create a bigger, broader uh, roadmap for yourself? Well, everyone can have a philosophy of life, right? Um, how they will define um, generally the concept they want to live by. So, example, what I've found and many other people have found in research shows too is example of a life philosophy is to embrace uh, minimalism and simplicity. Um, we live in a culture in America, so Canada, U.S., and I'm guessing maybe Europe as well, um, that it's all about bigger and more stuff, so much so that um, they're building extra storage <laughs> places where people can store their junk. <laughs> right. And... Um, What's the point of having stuff in storage? You're not even uh, going to look at it. It's money sitting there in garage bins. Um, and more stuff means you need to make more money, uh, spend less time experiencing life. You're just working to spend it. And um, so minimalism is great for, it's a great philosophy because it reduces a lot of stress and it, carries over also physically, meaning uh, you declutter your environment so you don't live in a hoarded apartment <laughs> or a house, which causes stress, and then you lose your balance, right? Mentally, physically, uh, 
um, and simplicity. And same with your parenting. If it's too chaotic and complicated, it creates anxiety in children. It creates anxiety in parents. So minimalism for, for me is a form of uh, philosophy. Um, remembering that life is about connection and experiences, right? We're social beings. It doesn't matter, sorry, <clears throat> if we're introverts, extroverts. Uh, we're, we thrive through connection. Um, so we, if we remember that philosophy, we'll carve out time for experiences and connection, which physiologically and psychologically is soothing and promotes happiness and a quality of life, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so accompanying these uh, talks from now on are going to be uh, little strategy ebooks. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell me a little bit about that? Because in this ebook that you've uh, written to accompany this podcast, you lay out 13 strategies. Um, and we've covered them in the show as well, but um, as sort of a visual aid, uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing with these and where people can find them, obviously, in the link? And uh, yeah, just explain a little bit about it because um, we didn't do it in the structure of 13, but if you want it in that structure, boom, it's there for you. Uh, you've created that. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so I'm going to try and work for every episode to create these little eBooks because some people are visual learners um, they like to have a, a little handout. I'm trying to create resources at the end as well, so links to other podcasts or books, not, not necessarily my podcast, but other podcasts that I find useful or research or uh, strategies so people can have their own little PDF version of the podcast. So it's, it is a summary of the podcast, but it might have a bit more information on a visual basis and we'll create links so people can have access to them and print them out if they want to print them out. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> that's really, that's cool. And I've never heard of anybody doing that before. Um, so I really love that. Uh, so, Dr. Gina, what else, um, as far as work-life balance, is there a, you know, a final thought, a summary that you'd like to leave everybody with on um, how to maintain or create a balance that they f personally feel comfortable with in their life? Yeah, so one that we bring up every week is... Uh, incorporate gratitude in your life, which is in link with the fear of missing out. Instead of looking at what you're missing out on, be grateful for what is actually present in your life. So you're not always chasing change, chasing the next goal, the next big thing uh, that will help with finding balance. Remembering that change is the only constant. So being flexible. And so whether going through good or bad, it's not going to last. So when it's bad, 
hang on tight. It's going to be over soon. And when it's good, take advantage of it because it's going to be over soon. That's very, That's very nice. Uh, <laughs> all right. And we finish every episode with a moment of gratitude, um, sharing something that we are grateful for. I will go first so that you have the last word. Uh, <laughs> and um, this week, I'm grateful for actually something that happened a year ago. Um, we just passed the anniversary of, well, actually the, our, the first anniversary of uh, two of my dear friends who got married um, last year in March. And they asked me to officiate their wedding, uh, yes. which was crazy, like absolutely insane uh, <laughs> that, that they did that. I didn't have to get ordained or anything. Um, because there was a justice of the peace that stepped in at the end. And, you know, I literally said, because there's no power vested in me by the state of Connecticut, I present justice, such and such. Um, But, but, uh, but it was, it was really fun and an honor. And um, I got to talk to both of them the other day and uh, you know, they're coming up soon um for a birthday party and stuff so i'm I, I you know thought about a lot about that and made we made a nice video for them with dave singing their wedding song and stuff um which was really nice but uh, i'm just really grateful for that entire experience that's great <laughs> i remember that thank you pictures um thank you gina uh what am i grateful for so um this week i'm grateful for my chiropractor um, because I'd been having a sore back and we had no idea why I didn't get hurt. And we realized it was the chair I was working in, which is great because now we know the cause, but also cause he's just a great guy. When Beatrice was sick, I wasn't working. He treated us for years for free and, um, not many people would do that. So I was so appreciative of his support and taking care of my daughter, and he still does. And he's just a great and funny guy. So I'm grateful for Dr. Pope. That's so nice. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I really love that. Uh, <laughs> that's so That's so great. So... Um, as we said, you can get uh, in the links of the description of this episode, there's uh, all of the ways to contact Dr. Gina, her website, the ebook that goes along um, with the 13 strategies for work life balance. Um, and uh, yeah, Dr. Gina, is there anything else you want to plug before we say goodbye? Yeah, I would like if people who listen would give us a review on iTunes so that. Other people can find us because there's <laughs> over a million podcasts uh, in the world. So it helps us a little bit to get found. Absolutely. And actually, no matter where you uh, view or listen to this podcast, please um, leave a review. So if you listen on Insight Timer, uh, you know, leave a review there. If you listen on iTunes, leave a review there. Spotify, wherever you, wherever you find us, uh, <laughs> you know, if you like the show and you've gotten this far, this deep into it, um, it just takes a second to leave a, to leave a review. That would, that would be extremely helpful. It's the best way to help the show. Thank you so much, Ben. Thank you. Have a good week. You too. 
information or to book an appointment with Dr. Gina, go to drmandragrano.com or click the link in the description of this episode.